0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Mostly Horror early and ad free on Amazon Music. Download the app today.
1: You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium, Apple Card, or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate. nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com.
0: welcome to mostly horror movie night mostly. i'm steve and i'm sean and we have another great guest another great episode today we're joined by tracy toms who if you have never heard of her you're uh, living under a rock because she's been in a million things um, yeah you're notably- a big dumb stupid idiot person you heard it here first. Uh, she's in <laughs> Rent, Cold Case, Devil Wears Prada, uh, Death Proof, the the Quentin Tarantino film Death Proof, which we talk about. Uh, Sean, is she also in some little TV show that you're a fan of?
2: She might be in uh, Criminal Minds for a little Criminal bit. Mines, yeah. Yeah, which you, she's, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's also in Love, which is a great underrated uh, Netflix rom-com TV show that has two seasons. That's uh, two Which I seasons. haven't seen, but I've heard it is good. It's very. I'm a. I'm a very big fan. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have a great conversation with her. Uh, we chat about her love of horror, and we also mm-hmm. talk uh, very in depth about Death Proof. Um, and it's it's yeah. a wonderful conversation. Before that, though, Sean, did you hear about the 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 sequel or or reboot? It's a sequel that uh, it's it's been it's been put off for a long time, and and it may have some traction now. Wait, is it really happening? Is it, is
2: it Friday the
0: thirteenth? No, no. Oh, what is it? Uh, Beetlejuice,
2: <gasps>
3: which
0: it's 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 been announced that you know there's they're trying to work on a new Beetlejuice film, but it yeah. it keeps kind of not really getting traction. Yeah, that and was they were talking about that years ago for, for a while. Um, so Tim Burton is going to be Tom Burton. I mean, Tom Britton's been attached um you know he's wow. he's always said he's going to be the one that does it um but as of yesterday, Brad huh. Pitt's production company, Plan B, uh, which is a huge production company um Plan B's done a bunch of I think I think they've done some oscar award-winning films they're they're not small potatoes um but they are they are producing it and they're in early development at uh, Warner Brothers currently so interesting. If anything is promising, that's promising. I mean, you yeah. really hope that, like, all the names that are attached stayed attached, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to... I also don't, you know... Beetlejuice is... It's an original premise, and it was written by people that I... Uh, you know, yeah. like, writing a ton of stuff, and what do they do with it, you know? Right. It's uh,
2: tough. Well, so I know that they were talking... I have a couple of thoughts. First off, I know that they were talking before about like setting it in Hawaii or making it like tropical. And I did not like that idea. I hope yeah. that that's not the case. I just think that a big part of Beetlejuice is, is, uh, you know, it, the, the visual aesthetic of it. And mm-hmm. there's just something this, I mean, this might just sound bad. I, find like especially tropical touristy looks and feels Mm -hmm. and aesthetic to be incredibly cheesy. Like I don't even like palm trees. I think palm trees are ridiculous and they belong on postcards. And I know that's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I just like, (laughs) I just like it, I don't know. They're just not I like going to a tropical place for a vacation is fine. But I feel like Beetlejuice in Hawaii is just gonna have a lot like it's just gonna be a vibe and an aesthetic that I don't want with with my Beetlejuice. yeah. Yeah. Um And the other thing is Tim Burton has had. Tom Britton. Tom Britton. Good old Tom Britton. Pete Wentz. So he he just has really, I think we've talked about it before, but he's really taken a very digital approach to a lot of things recently. Mm. And especially when a movie is a continuation of something, I think that you need to keep the same visual look so i imagine it sucks because like i don't want to be a negative nancy about a new beetlejuice movie but i'm not going to be shocked if i don't love it i feel like we're going to get a super digital thing that's basically just going to be like you love us because we're beetlejuice and i'm michael keaton and that's winona and like ta-da jazz hands and you know um so that's but again i fuck me you know you're afraid of yes well it's what i'm it's what i'm afraid of happening it's what i feel like could could happen but i'm definitely going to be following it i'm excited while skeptical at the same time does that make sense
0: yeah yeah i mean you have every right to be like that is how movies are made you hope that with their i'm assuming crazy large budget for this film uh, yeah. That they're able to be practical um, mm-hmm. and, you know, use the practical elements that make Beetlejuice really what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's good, is, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, um, We'll see more as, you know, as right. things develop and hopefully it even develops like hopefully that's that's something that's not just shelved um, right it was, again <laughs> it was it was being spread by a lot of big outlets so I'm like maybe this is like the mm-hmm. one big kind of traction point right yeah. now but we'll see we'll see it's, what
2: happens I just the, the original is such a it's just a work of art and, and since a lot of people worked on it and it feels like this sort of like a passion project mm-hmm. um, where where, yeah, the the general vibe that I'm afraid of is just like, well, we we wrote a script, and you know, the easiest way to make all this stuff happen is is by hiring this you know this visual effects studio, and yeah, and yeah, we want to cut filming down drastically.
0: We're not trying to hire a bunch of whatever. I, I wonder know, if, but- I wonder if because it's not an adaptation, because it's his original property, like it's you know Tim Burton created one of the people that he created Beetlejuice. I do wonder if that maybe makes him more inclined to keeping it the way that it was.
2: Well, so I'm pretty sure that technically, so he created Beetlejuice as we know it, but like somebody else wrote the script.
0: The story is written by someone else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then he turned it into what we, we know that. So I guess I don't know how that goes property wise. I know that like, I think that he obviously credits a lot of his success You know, pretty much his entire success to to that movie. I mean, that's what really took him off, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? So, I mean, it's it's one of them. You're talking, like, chronologically, which one was, like, the first thing to...
2: Well, like, yeah, that really... I mean, obviously, he was doing well, like, before and doing things at Disney. But I'm pretty sure... I thought that Beetlejuice was, like, the the one that made him, like, a household name. Um,
0: Either way, I think Beetlejuice
2: means a lot to
0: him. Yeah, and uh, Pee Wee's you know Pee-wee's so big adventure, but then I guess Beetlejuice in terms of like making making his style of stuff, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, so Rob Zombie worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse, by the way. Just thinking about that right now, just random whatever that pops in my head. But um, I, I I I mean, one would hope, but I also don't think that he's just been like, oh, well, fuck all the other things that he's worked on i think he is searching for something or is enjoying whatever he's getting with the very digital look that he's been going with i feel like yeah. this is his new adapted style and yeah it's just tough to be like i don't love digital tim burton like i just don't i don't like it there's there's not really anything that, like any of the movies that are like that where i'm like this is great conceptually i'm like this art is cool but i wish that this looked different or that it just didn't rely so heavily on it and i think that that like that's part of it is a lot of work has to go into making the types of structures that he makes and and things like that so it's just easier with his designs to do it cg i understand that it's easier but don't do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: i guess i don't know I, or fucking I hope, nail it if
2: you're gonna do it i don't know
0: yeah make it look good that's true um but anyway that was in the news hopefully we hear more soon um yeah. and i know that they're in post production on uh wednesday which is you know the most recent Tim Burton thing that's gonna come. I feel like a buzzkill today let's it's gonna be great guys <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Um, what uh what were you gonna what were you also
2: well, my thing is such a it feels so much smaller in comparison to that um but so I was just going to talk about we, we we talked about it a little bit but um apparently we have like a lock-in date for a Salem's Lot remake which I don't I didn't even know what's happening um and to be honest it, Salem's Lot is one of those ones where I'm like I don't even know that I can say that I've seen it I've definitely never read it and that sounds ridiculous having a horror podcast and being like I know of it I know that yeah. they basically took Nosferatu and and put him in a Stephen King situation.
0: Um, yeah, I all that I know is that it's being directed by the guy who wrote. Um, he wrote the uh, Last Train of Busan remake um, that's coming out. He wrote the um, It Chapter Two. Uh, Annabelle comes home. The Nun. It Chapter One. Annabelle creation. I think he also directed, yeah, Annabelle Comes Home. So, I mean, he's got his hands in some horror, but he's written yeah. it and not really directed it. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. The most that I know from Salem's Lot is uh, the second season of Castle Rock. So that's all that I can really... Which
2: I, is another thing I haven't...
0: Castle Rock slaps, but yeah, yeah. Gary Dalberman. Um, But yeah, I it's think... supposed to come out in September. I was about to say I I thought it was September, but I wanted to fact check it. You got
2: if you got. that's yeah, um, what it looks like. So we'll see what happens there. You never know with king material. Like sometimes it's it's treated like royalty and it gets a super big budget and it's really good. Sometimes it's just it's just like oh well we're just gonna kick out a quick king thing and we know that it's gonna make money and we don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, um, it looks like it's a part of New Line, um, which is I mean New Line Cinema is good so. It's not, it's not like it's a small production company attached to it, right? Um, as well as Atomic Monster, who did um like Malignant, Archive Eighty One, that was just on Netflix. So okay. that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's got some some production companies attached to it. So I'm down. Is I I'm guess down too. I think. There's so. there's a ton of horror that's coming out. Um, that I'm really excited. I mean, there's, uh, I think next Friday or this Friday, Fresh, um, is coming out on Hulu which uh, fresh premiered at Sundance. Um, it has fucking uh, Sebastian Stan in it. Um, it looks crazy if you haven't seen the trailer for that. Um, we talk about it during our um, our interview with um, Tracy, but there's Master that's coming out, yeah. I think, in the middle of this uh, month on Amazon. I'm trying to find the exact date. I want to say... Every time I look up master, it just says master and commander. And that's not, that's a Russell Crowe movie. Um, or there's the master. Fuck. Why can't I find it? It's being promoted on, on IMDb, but it's not showing me. Let's just, let's just see master March 18th on prime video. Um, so that's going to be a great, you know, it, it had yeah. good acclaim uh, in Sundance when it premiered. So just a lot of good horror coming out.
2: Oh yeah. About yeah. it. Oh, also, I'm going to mention that, and I, I told you a little bit about this earlier. But so, Shutter just kind of put out their their like list of everything that's coming out for the month mm-hmm. and like the different dates and stuff. Dude, Darkman's on there. Darkman one and two. I'd yes. never seen Darkman. I'd seen like heard of Darkman. I watched it the other day just because movie is ridiculous. But everybody needs to watch it. We got some. We got some Sam Raimis. We got some some Danny Elfman's. We got some Liam Neeson's. You know, uh, and the ending of that movie caught me so off guard. Uh, There's a specific thing that I'm not going to say. I just want you to watch it and pay attention, but it made me fucking, I busted out laughing at the end of that movie. Um, And yeah, I I think everybody should give it a watch. It is is. They're doing
0: Fango uh, in, in collaboration with shutter is doing a watch party of dark man hosted by, and I told you this earlier, Josh Rubin uh, who directed and wrote scare me and werewolves within um, Amazing. March 4th at 9 p.m. So that's so fun. Good. Um, but yeah, we have a great conversation uh with Tracy. Is there anything else that you want to want to add before we go into it? Uh nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I think we're good. <laughs> um, yeah, we're good. We have a great conversation. Uh one last thing if you're listening to this and you get to see the Batman before I do. Uh, send us a message, message. Let me know how it is, because I'm very excited. Anyways, uh, interview with Tracy Toms. hope you guys What's enjoy
1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/ metaverseimpact. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin' Podcast Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on The Mr. Ballin' Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust... After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them. But after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin' Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.
2: So good. Take care. (laughs) Ha <laughs>
0: We are joined today by Tracy Toms. Tracy is an Emmy-nominated television, film, and stage actress and singer, best known for her roles in Rent, Cold Case, The Devil Wears Prada, and Death Proof. Tracy, thank you for uh, being on the show today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, we're
2: so, yeah, we're so stoked to have you. I have to point out right away that you have a uh, Welcome to Camp Crystal Lake pillow behind you. Um, I know that the people listening can't see it, but I love that. That's great. Yes.
4: <laughs> oh, nice. Yes, slay, a nice Michael, Michael
2: slay. <laughs> love that.
4: my. Uh...
0: Yeah. You're Michael you're Myers shirt. Out.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Prepped. Ready so, to go.
2: Listen,
4: I'm so, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready yes. for this. I'm ready for this.
0: Exactly. It's a, it's a horror pod. We got to get into the horror. So the horror very... pod
4: we get in character, right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. So we, you know, we, we asked this question to all of the guests that we have on the show, but you know, you specifically, you, you're, you have a credits list that is, that is so lengthy and you know, for being a horror fan, you haven't really been in a ton of horror films. So I'm curious, where did that love for horror start? Like when you were younger, you know, what do you remember kind of your first intro to horror memories or horror films?
4: Uh, You know, I grew up in like the the cable generation. So my father Mm. worked for public television. So we were like the first kids on our block with cable and stuff like that. So I could watch all kinds of things. I probably should not have been watching super young, but, um, but my parents were very much like, if it wasn't porn, <laughs> they were like, be, be exposed to all kinds of things. They, they did yeah. not charge me in that way. Um, they would tell me this is probably going to be too scary for you. You're going to have nightmares. I'm like, I want to see it anyway. You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> okay. And then, and then if I were, was scared they're like, see, yeah. but they to make my own decisions, you know? So, um, I don't remember the first horror movie I saw. You know, it's funny because, like, my favorite movie of all time is The Wizard of Oz. But okay. a lot of people think The Wizard of Oz is super scary.
3: Yeah. And a lot of
4: people think The Wiz is even scarier. You know, The Wiz mm-hmm. is pretty scary, actually. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Wiz- I know people still to this day can't, I can't go (laughs) scared. If I make that noise, because I think of the, you know, the winged monkeys were scary. The witch was scary. Um, But I knew very early on that I liked being scared. It was like being on a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Um, Also my father being in the industry would tell me how they did stuff. So I never thought it was real. I thought it was an elaborate magic trick and the magic of it actually made me love it more. Uh, So where the Exorcist? I saw the Exorcist when I was like
2: eight. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah.
4: Because we didn't grow up in church like that, I wasn't grew up Catholic.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It didn't mean possession and things didn't mean what it meant to my friends who grew up yes. in church. So they're like, "How could you watch this?" Because like, it's funny.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: The Exorcist is not funny, Tracy. They're, you know, I had little braids they were hang. They would sit behind me. I had a friend named Jessica who would sit behind me and look at it through my braids. <laughs> Go ahead and So my brain's always going click, 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 watching it. But I would like, no, see, this is the part where there's a dummy, right? This dummy and the head spins around, and this pea soup, there's a tube or no, nose, and the pea, pea soup. They didn't want to hear any of that. They're like, This is real. Watching this is gonna make me uh, susceptible to possession. The devil's like, <laughs> no, and he's gonna come and get me. I'm like, he's not gonna come and get you. Stop it. It's <laughs> a movie, you know what I mean? So I was always very aware of the magic of movie making and how. Uh, visceral horror movies were, and how the, the the jumps in horror were just like the jumps we got from rides at the at the amusement park, you know. So right. it's kind of the theme to me. So they were in the same category to me. Um, but I remember I I love The Exorcist because it was all the rage at the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I loved Poltergeist. I still know Poltergeist like word for word. I don't even think of Poltergeist as a horror movie. Really, it's more of like an adventure movie. I mean, yeah, Poltergeist yeah. is like goofy to me.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, you know,
4: um, even though the ideas in it are really scary.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: um, I I relate to it more on a visceral level, like of the stakes of it. I relate to more as an adult. Like what if my child got sucked into the closet and what do I do? You know, <laughs> more like yeah. that as a, adult. as a child, I didn't really get it yeah. because I didn't get the horror of it. Really? Yeah, sure. The, the beast coming out of the, the closet was very scary, I guess, you know, but
3: mm-hmm.
4: it wasn't really real to me because I didn't grow up fearing the devil and demons and things like that in my life for real. So yeah. there were those kind of concepts that weren't really real in my life. But then I saw Carrie. I snuck up late and watched Carrie. And I'm telling you, <laughs> Carrie was like, okay, all right, but wait, no, I'm really scared.
2: Yes. Okay.
4: For some reason a girl with telekinesis mm-hmm. <laughs> was more real than a, a child getting possessed by Satan himself. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> was it the was it the the actual her, like, kind of using her powers that scares you, or her relationship with her mom
4: that I, it was more all exciting. of it. I, it. I think it was the fact that once she was over, you know, she never really harnessed her power in a way mm-hmm. that she could control.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: I think the idea that this girl was out of control when she could have probably gotten control if she just figured it out. Yeah. yeah. The fact that once she was humiliated by these bullies, that she became like, and killed everybody she killed yeah. her date she killed her teacher she killed the people that were her friends you know what i mean i was even freaked out that she killed john travolta and nancy Allen in the car <laughs> i was like yeah but they didn't know did, did they deserve to die though
2: yeah you yeah. know
4: and then her killing her mother and eventually killing herself mm-hmm. the fact Spoiler. that she had control over it that freaked me out And i don't know what that's about and of course the scare at the end when the hand comes out you know yes, yes.
2: oh
3: yeah yeah. it's so um,
4: iconic you know what i mean now from that moment on every movie had to have a scare like that well before they didn't really have those right you know the only dead thing dead, not really
2: yeah <laughs> right was wait, wait what came out first carrie or uh or friday the 13th i think what because friday the 13th is you said friday the 13th came out first
3: oh
4: carrie came out first i believe
2: because probably until the, so the 80s it wasn't until the 80s. yeah, yeah. 80s. no you're yeah. right you're right yep my yeah. my brain couldn't place couldn't no, place they're that all
4: just jumbled all yeah through so you're them.
2: right it's an it's era so,
4: of you know because even at the end i mean the thing about you know michael myers you know he's dead but then he's he's gone you know what i mean? yeah. the end, look back and he's gotten up and you know we're like well yeah when we watch that more as adults we know he's going to get up but hmm. in 1976 wherever they made that movie it's like they didn't know he's going to get up you know exactly a new concept because at the end you know because norman bates didn't you know you know at the end he's in jail
0: yeah, right. you need um, like a
3: stand
4: up at the end in, in the basement. She's like, ha and I'm still alive, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> people died. Yeah. Come um, you need so that like that clean really ending. Me. I know that really scared me. I, I stayed up too late and watched the Funhouse as a kid. That really
2: scared me. I've uh, never seen Funhouse, but I've heard Funhouse I've heard about it.
4: Like, it's ridiculous. You know, I don't, I don't think it would scare you as an adult. Right. I don't know what about it scared me as a kid. Maybe it was like, you know, going to carnivals and actually going in fun houses.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, scared me. But generally speaking, those movies didn't really scare me so much because I was such a logical kid. So, you no, know, when I saw Friday the 13th, I was like, hey, listen, as long as I don't go to Crystal Lake, I'm you're, good.
0: You're good. Yeah.
4: I really hooked into the mythology of it, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I don't I'm not going to, I'm, listen, I'm not going here. I'm not going
3: to
4: Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So J- no. so Jason's not coming after me. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm like, it's kind of scary, the idea that Freddy can come in your dreams and kill you. And you, if you die in your dreams, you die for real. But my parents didn't live on Elm Street. My right, parents right. didn't <laughs> burn him in the, in the basement. I'm good. Now, right. My Myers. however, I grew up in a suburb, and the fact that he was randomly walking around killing people in the suburb, that hit a little bit
2: close to home.
0: That's right that makes yeah.
4: sense but you know halloween is still like my favorite horror movie of all times so i think it's a perfect film
2: 100%
0: agreed 100% agreed it's i uh, um, i'm curious so a lot of what you're talking about is kind of like perspective on horror films mm-hmm. right? like you're you're talking a lot about how you know you enjoyed these things because you had the perspective that your father gave you of kind of the behind the scenes view and i feel like when you i mean i'm sure especially now that you work in film you haven't even greater appreciation for for that kind of perspective is it difficult for you to like thoroughly enjoy a horror film without reading too far into it now
4: no no No. i literally if i see a horror movie and i have a nightmare i'll have like i'll watch a horror movie and be like meh that was okay right but if i have a nightmare about it then then i'm like good for you kudos good for you
0: yeah that's fair. That's yeah. I. I always just wonder that because, like, I, I not to talk about myself, as is on you, but I work in post production, so yeah. I, I. It's one of those things where I feel like everything that I watch now, I watch with a different eye because I, you look I, I, like I think,
4: an anime of scare right? How do you put it exactly?
0: Together? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I, but I. I mean, I agree. There's still ones that like really, you know, they if they hit me, they hit me, and it works, and that's great. I was just curious if that's anything that had hindered you. What are what are some recent things or recent kind of like trends in horror that have been really working for you would you say
4: well you know i think what's what happens for me if i see if i see um a horror movie like for example i just watched the movie his house on netflix right yes yeah so what ends up happening that story has never been told Mm -hmm. right so Already, it's like, I don't know where this is going. I have no, I'm not like, oh, the, the chick's around the corner. Okay, right. The house is haunted. Okay. The, you know, because right. I don't want to get ahead of horror movies. I like just being on the ride. I don't try to figure it out. If it's a whodunit, I don't try to, I don't try to figure out who did it. You're not cracking not, the
0: I'm case. Yeah.
4: I'm not like Nancy Drewing in. I'm like, just yeah. <laughs> I just want I mean, to be on the ride. Um. But his house, I was like, I have no idea where this is going. There was no, There was no way I knew where that movie was going. and the imagery of the horror i mean i don't want to Mm -hmm. give it away for anybody i I would recommend people watching that movie the imagery was also unlike anything i had ever seen you know like for example when the ring came out i saw the ring and you know you have the girl with the hair Mm -hmm. black hair in the white dress i saw that in every movie that that was, okay, look, there's a little girl and with dark hair and she's like, you know, she's like hitch walking at you or there's something yes. that became like, that's what a ghost looks like.
0: Yes, exactly.
4: Um, But these beings in this movie, I'm like, I have never seen this image before ever.
2: Okay, that's fair. You know,
4: yeah. why I love Asian horror so much, like, you know, Korean horror right now, because they figured out a way to just make things look weird. Like, it's not necessarily scary. Mm-hmm. But these creatures or beings or whatever just do things that human beings tend to not do, and that in itself is scary.
2: Yeah, they've really nailed down the uncanny valley sort of approach to things where it's human enough, or or whatever. But but there's just something something
4: slightly off (laughs) that's slightly
2: off. Yeah. terrifying yep in movements in in facial expressions and sounds like that yeah there is there is something that they have down that it uh, just it destroys me um does, so like, I, even,
4: like, even in like um Parasite, which I know was in a scary movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a scary don't movie.
0: Spoil, don't spoil too much because Sean hasn't seen it. But I still we, you haven't I, seen it. You and I, I can talk about
4: yeah. it. <laughs> Parasite is not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. I yeah. thought it was because of the marketing of it and the way people can yeah. kind of talk about it. Um, but there is one image in Parasite that's kind of halfway through the film where you may know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The stairs.
4: The stairs, whatever. Yep. whatever. And it's like, it in in itself is not... Scary. It's just something you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Your mind is trying to make sense of it. Like, what is she doing? What is happening? Yeah, you know. It turns out it's not scary at all. But it's like the way the way that they just the way that they figured out exactly what you're saying is human enough, but yeah. it's not something you've ever seen a person do.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. i need to see this movie i know that it's it's amazing and i've, I've heard nothing but great things about it and i just suck
4: yes, it's about <laughs> something completely like that you don't think it's about but you know korean movies in, in horror. i just recently uh binge watched um all of us are dead you Nuts. know those those stories are we think it's about horror but they're all about class and like very korean uh, concepts so you're trying to get on board like oh this is what's going on there yeah this is different and oh enter a zombie apocalypse (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah and then how does that play into the 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 class wars that already exist there
0: absolutely Um, it's so funny that we're talking about this because our last conversation was with um, maddie doe who directed she's a from from lao in in southeast asia and we literally just had a whole conversation with her about the long walk which is her new film and kind of how it's mm-hmm. it's a ghost story but it's also so so much about class divide and their society there so it's so true and i'm it's yeah. good to see that everyone's picking up on that as well yeah it's,
4: well, for sure. It's like, oh this is a whole different concept you know what i mean because absolutely. Like, different rules apply yep. and they break those rules because here yes we have classism here for sure but yeah. once a zombie apocalypse hap- happens it's like well class doesn't matter anymore so much yeah. and anybody tries to continue to you know, like, well, I'm rich, so I get no, you don't. You know, I think in America specifically, and particularly in the arts, we really celebrate the underdog.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: yeah. In a way that anybody who has money is the villain. Yeah. Yep. Automatically the villain. Um, they can help everybody. <laughs> they can yeah. but they're still the villain. Yeah. Um, and it just works differently in in Korean, I think, and all kinds of Asian horror, you know. Um it's it's interesting because like a, a, a strange ritual. I know I'm babbling. I'm sorry. You have been, you've asked you're me no one question. That's <laughs> We love <you're> it.
3: <laughs> That's perfect.
4: You've asked me literally one question. I'm like, oh my God, it's my favorite subject. <laughs> um, a really weird ritual that has come up between me and my little brother who lives with me is every night, every night, not every night, but most nights when we go to bed, we're like, let's watch a paranormal caught on camera. So, we're working our way through all the seasons of paranormal con on camera, which is ridiculous. However, the way that things show up on, on closed circuit TV or yes. your ring light or your ring bell yeah. on your front door, the way that things show up, it's like, I've never seen that before, you know? And whether or not it's a glitch in the camera or whatever, the creepiest things that we've seen are things that we've never seen before.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the stuff that you just can't figure out what it even is. Is this a clean Um, show? uh, No. No, you can swear. Say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Literally, every time we go, what the fuck is that? We're like it's <laughs> a stellar episode, right? What the fuck is that? Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, you, you can't figure out if it's a ghost, a skinwalker, an alien. You don't know what is happening. Or know, just dust.
4: I've learned yeah. the word cryptid. Like, what is a crypt? Oh, a cryptid yeah. in, 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 a species has never been recognized by science. Okay, great. This is all brand new to me. Um, but you sometimes you see things on this paranormal caught on camera show that oh yeah that's a okay that's a bigfoot it looks like every bigfoot you know yes yeah you so, can pin it up then every now uh, and then you'll see something like i can't even make out what that is and those are the scariest ones
2: yes have you seen the sorry i have to bring it up i love cryptids i've been obsessed with cryptids <laughs> since i was a kid have you ever heard of the fresno nightcrawler or seen those videos it's uh it basically looks like this, like these two creatures that are are very tall and they just have these ball heads and it looks like it goes straight from head to legs and they just like walk across this field and no one can figure out what it is. And there's another, <laughs> the, it is the weirdest, it is the most unsettling video that I, well, maybe not the most unsettling that I've seen, but it's pretty unsettling. And they, I, yeah, when, when you get a chance, watch that.
4: Right after we hang out.
2: Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's, yeah blah, blah, blah. Fresno Nightcrawler.
2: Yep. There's um. There's a couple. A couple different videos of the same, like a, a similar type of being. And I'm like, I hope it's fake. I don't want whatever that is to be real. Keep it away from me. Freaks me out.
4: <laughs> Did it seem dangerous or it just was scary because it was unlike anything you'd ever seen?
2: It's. I guess it. It doesn't. If you describe it and if you were to like draw it out, no, it's not. It doesn't seem inherently it doesn't dangerous. Have arms. but i was gonna say but the fact that it looks almost silly makes it seem more dangerous to me like i'm like that
0: it's unassuming yeah straight (laughs) up
4: like these things you've never seen before like and then also in like indonesia these videos out of indonesia man oh they got some shit over there they're like like, what is that like literally there's all these All these, you know, they have people. They're like, I'm a folklorist, and I I only, I only do cryptids from all over the world, and like different parts of the world have different things that supposedly live there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like some of those are the scariest ones. Yep, they're like owl people. They're like, I mean, like what's happening? (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think, I think you know, that's why Asian horror for me is so visceral because it's a, it's a whole different world of imagery yeah so foreign to anything that we know like we have that looks like
2: yeah that's uh one of the one of the things that we really care about on the show is is trying to get people and ourselves to explore you know foreign horror more in general Mm -hmm. um and kind of because we have our we have our tropes and our ways here in america and um and it's a nice almost like culture shock to to really branch out and see the fears that come from from other places so really quick
0: there's so oh, many stories. I mean, Sean and I talk about yeah. this all the time, but like we've, we've seen specifically white male American horror for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we know what that looks like. So even, yeah. even in America, like the past couple of years, getting so many films from so many voices, um, like even Sean and I were talking uh, today, um, uh, Master, a new horror film that's coming out on Amazon, um, Mariama Diallo, Uh, is a Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's her uh, I think I think it's her debut feature but it's it's again just like all of these new voices and new perspectives and new films that we aren't used to seeing but it's just it's new stories and it's it's so refreshing to just get you know original unheard perspectives yeah
4: well yeah for sure because like like you you brought up the fact that I haven't done a lot of horror I've been wanting to do horror my entire career but like Mm -hmm. people or until Jordan Peele didn't really know how to tell horror from a black perspective or they didn't really believe, I think in general, the industry didn't believe that black stories were important or unless they were about like gangster hood stuff or slavery stories or things like that, you know, Um, even though they'll do like, uh, the best man and it's like oh my god the best man broke records it's it's an anomaly it's like, no it's not an anomaly the anomaly is that you made it yeah yeah you know yeah. the anomaly is not that people want to see it because people want to see, people love black like, people all over the world you know I mean, mm-hmm. we're, our, our cultural contribution to the planet is un, undeniable
2: absolutely you go to yeah.
4: japan and people are doing hip-hop you know and so it's not like it's, anyway it's an idea yeah. it's an idea however I talk about this a lot. It's always been difficult to tell uh, horror movies about Black people because the idea, which is not false, is that Black people in America specifically have experienced so much trauma um, of, from racism that mm-hmm. our fight or flight instinct is so strong,
3: mm-hmm. right?
4: So, you know, the age-old, you know, uh, uh, joke that Eddie Murphy said about Amityville Horror was like, Black people will never be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, like you know, oh, this house is so nice. Great. Oh, too bad we can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, well, black people wouldn't even be there. Black people would never go on camping. This is why yeah. we don't go camping. This is why we don't go swimming. This is why we don't blah 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 because we're so used to something coming to get us at all times. Yeah, so we're on high alert at all times. So yeah. that's not false. Right. You know, you can look at you can look at YouTube videos of a black a black neighborhood and a black person starts running, and what happens mm-hmm. is everybody starts running. They don't know what we're running from. They're just like, oh, shit, something's coming. We're running. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you make that into a horror movie um, where you actually have a whole film? Yeah. can't do, we walk into a house, get out too bad, we can't say, roll credits. You know, the movie's over. Right. Yeah. So how do you figure out how to honor that fight or flight instinct that we have living in America after all these d- centuries yeah. of trauma and then also make a horror movie? Yeah. I'm like, so what we're doing right now is just a lot of social commentary horror movies about racism specifically, which is great. However, mm-hmm. we can have haunted houses too.
2: Right, yeah.
4: Oh, Ghost of My, I bought this house. I don't have any more money. You yeah. know, I sunk all my, you know, that's the thing in um The Conjuring, you know, the house is haunted. And he's like, we spent all of our money buying this house. We can't move.
2: Yeah. You know, tied into it it's um yeah it's interesting I I get what you're saying at the same time I think that like the trauma and the oppression and and the horror that the black community has faced forever it it, that just provides a whole other type of story that white people can't tell
1: yeah it's not
2: you know what I mean so and and I guess that that's the question that I'm excited to see answered as this is changing it's not changing fast enough but I I want more yeah, no, black I think like, yeah.
4: I'm having meetings about it like m- more recently because people are like, oh, cool. okay, I'm ready to tell these stories. But yeah. also, another thing about Black people in terms of not only our fight or flight instinct, also, is our connection to our spirituality. So, if you ask Black people, particularly m- older than millennials, like, do you believe in mm-hmm. ghosts? Most of them was like, yep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know,
4: yeah. <laughs> to our spirituality. So, whereas so many white male horror movies, like 40 minutes of the movie are like, that's not true. You're being paranoid. You're making that up, whatever. Yes. You know, do your wives. The wife is like, things are moving around the house. Right. That's impossible. <laughs> Black folks are like, where? <laughs> you know, we don't like investigate strange noises without a weapon. Either it's someone who's broken in my house or it's a ghost. I'm not going to be unprepared. You know, so the, this this idea that these ideas are not unfounded yeah you know like either we're both are true either we're ready for something bad to happen from a person or we're ready we generally believe in another connection to our ancestors that's just something that kind of comes with who we are and that comes from our roots in Africa and stuff like that so how do you tell those stories and i'm just i'm just looking forward to a moment i think it's coming soon where we can tell those stories that aren't just about race
0: yeah yeah absolutely i'm i'm curious to see what because uh, sean and i talked about this on a, on a previous episode when the uh, trailer for nope dropped uh you know jordan's yep. next film and you know obviously he he uses opportunities in get out and in us to to tell specific stories and to have specific narratives um and also to focus on things that, like, I remember him saying in Us, you know, he wanted to show a Black family or specifically a Black man that owned a boat because he had never really seen yeah. that in films before. And so, you know, in Nope specifically, like, showing a Black family that owns a horse ranch. Um, but I also don't, I'm, I'm curious to see where that's going to go because, you know, he obviously has a heavy hand with commentary in his films. So I'm curious to see what Nope is really about, you know, thematically.
4: Well, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's interesting because if you hear a weird dog noise, my dog is being weird right now.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
4: People like to pretend things like Black people haven't been everywhere since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. the idea that the harder they fall was such a crazy idea. Like, Black people and the way wh- Black people have been here.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Exactly.
4: Since, you know, for 400 years. So, yes. You know, black people were the first cowboys because yep. cow hands were white, cowboys were black, right? Yep. Uh, and now it's become cowboys have been everybody, but mm-hmm. in order to be a cowboy back in the day, you had to be black. Um. So the idea that black black people were running you know all the stuff with the horses and the cows and the, all that stuff because you know we were brought here to do such things. Right. So the idea that we've somehow been exed out of that experience is strange to us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people gauge their belief on whether or not black people were in spaces based on movies they've seen about it so like i've never seen black people in westerns like were you in the wild west like right but i've seen enough movies and if black people were there they would have been in the
2: movies i'm like that's not true right yeah it's it's just ro- whitewashing romanticized yeah. versions of the past, and and it's ridiculous. And
4: yeah, you're basing your whole understanding yeah. of what was true based on movies you've seen, which have always right. black people. Um, it's all yeah. rewriting of history and all of that stuff. So I'm interested in actually seeing seeing nope. You know, because my family mm-hmm. grew up on a farm in Virginia. They had like tobacco and horses, and all, you know, my grandmother mm-hmm. like, we had a horse, we had a whole stable of horses. You okay. know, but. Um, and my grandfather was a veterinarian, you know, so all even the white people brought their horses to my grandfather to to take care of their horses. so
3: mm-hmm.
4: we've always kind of done everything, yeah,, mm-hmm. uh, so the idea that seeing black people in these spaces now is revolutionary is crazy because we've always yeah. we've always been here,
2: right. It's about time to just make it normal and and make not like a groundbreaking normal. thing, yeah, exactly that's the whole yeah. thing. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about how you, you haven't done a ton of horror movies, but you've done you have done a handful, and I we really want to talk a bit about uh, Death Proof and and just of course how great that movie is. Yeah, of, of course. course we want to which talk we, about which it, which we've
0: both rewatched within the past forty eight hours. So yeah, <laughs> very, I watched very it twice. Fast. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No? it's just well, yeah, within like the past like two days. Yeah, yeah, it's, on, uh, so. yeah, it's just so fun. I, I really really. I think that that movie is just a blast um so yeah uh we were wondering if you could tell us and the listeners a bit about you know landing landing that gig and that experience and just memories that you have from filming it and then we'll kind of throw some some more questions specifically about it at you as you go
4: okay perfect um let's see if i could do this and not take forever um uh, <laughs> we'll yeah my audition for it and she worked on it with another mutual, a uh, guy friend. And the guy friend called me and was like, Tracy, there's this movie called Grindhouse that Quentin Tarantino's go- doing. There's a whole bunch of black women in it. Um, you should get an audition. So then I'm right by my, man, my agent and I'm like, so Quentin Tarantino's, do-? like she doesn't already know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've heard about this little guy named Quentin Tarantino, but he's yeah, still sure. yeah. Mind you, they're already doing auditions for it. She's like, Tracy, I know all about this movie. It's not all yeah. black men, but uh, Quentin right now is only seeing people he knows. But the casting director is a fan of Cold Case and okay. she would like to see you. So I go in and, and, and I work on it and work on it and work on it so hard. And I go to my audition and she's like, that was great. And then I let it go and didn't think about it anymore. Because like in our business, all we can do is get in the room. After you get in the room, you, all you can do is get in the room and do the best you can. Um, and often that's the fight. The fight is getting in the room. The fight is get, getting seen for something. Yeah. Then let it go. And then a month later, I hear that I have a callback. And I'm like, oh, I'm what? He left tape. a tape. The callback is at his house. Uh, Whatever. And I I was mortified. And I, and I called Rosario because we done run together. Mm-hmm. And I knew she knew Quentin. And I was like, "Sorry, I was, I was called back for, for for death proof, and and anything you let me know about any advice you have for me." I was like freaking out, and she was like, <laughs> "And she said which role?" And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm just so nervous. I mean, should I try to do this?" What about Tracy? Which role? Blah blah. She said which role like three times. Like which role? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kim. I'm going in for Kim. You know. And then she's like, "I went in for Abernathy the other day," and I was like, "Oh, oh shit, yes." And she's like, "I think I tanked it. I think I wasn't very good." um so but you know come over tonight and let's just run the lines so i go over to her house and we're watching tarantino movies and the references are popping up to us i'm like oh that's gonna say this because this was in this movie okay right 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 right. you know things like kim says don't blaspheme all the time you
3: know mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> things yeah. like that um so we're, we're working on the scenes you know and then she's like oh my god now i know how i was supposed to do it i'm gonna see if i can go in again i'm gonna see if i can get a call back <laughs> And I was like, "Okay, Rosario Dawson, (laughs) that (laughs) like, you know what? I didn't like my audition. Let me just ask if I can do it again." Yeah. (laughs) But she did, so, um, so I go on the next day and I go to his house. Mind you, his house was like his house like a, a an L. So there's his house, but then there's like this other wing with like this waiting area and then another wing that's his movie theater
3: okay
4: so we all we don't go in his main house we go in like this other holding area which was really cool and i'm in the room with like Byling and like um um uh uh, lucy lawless you know
3: (laughs) okay okay
4: um and then finally they call my name and i'm going in and i become so overwhelmed with nerves that i just become kim from death proof. So I go in the, I go in the, in the room and he's like, hi, Hey, Tracy, I'm quitting. I'm like, I know who the fuck you are. (laughs) I just started cussing him out. I don't know what, I could not stop myself. And I kept, my brain is like, what are you doing? Stop all of this. This is horrible. Oh my God. Abort mission. Stop. And and, at this point I'm invested this one. I'm like, Nope, I'm I'm, on, I'm in it.
2: Yeah. Can't go back.
4: I can't go back. So I proceeded to just cuss him out for the next, you know, I did all the scenes or whatever, knew all the stuff. And I told him that me and Rosario had done all the stuff the night before and we were great and we were brilliant. And he should just cast us in the movie. I said all kinds of crazy shit. And I was mortified at myself. Um, and I was like, I, then that was it. I, it. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I left. Then I found out like a week or two later that I was his first choice. Um, but he was doing another call back in New York. So I had to go to New York um, and Rosario got her call back and she was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm like, you know what? You're not nervous when you can do it with me. Maybe we should see if we could like do it together. Yes. Um, and she's like, that's a great idea. Mind you, her team was like, this is a terrible idea. Don't <laughs> do this. What if he likes you, not her? Which is valid. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I don't care. We're doing it together. So she and I went in for Quentin in New York and pretty much did the entire script. We walked. Amazing. We were like, what's what page? He's like 74. Great. <laughs> for the whole movie. Wow. And pretty much did the whole movie for him the uh, hotel room. And he still wasn't sure. You know, hmm. maybe two weeks later, I got the call. Locked in. it in. That I got it. And I was like, and I said, like, did Rosario get it too? And they're like, yeah. I was like, does she know I got it? Like, no. I'm like, all right. So I called her and she was eating chips, like blah, like (laughs) eating chips. And I'm like, hey, girl. She's like, hi. I'm like, so did you hear anything about the movie? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what did you hear? It's just that I'm doing the movie. I'm like, me too, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Cream ran around the house and whatever. And it was like amazing. It was the highlight of my career and my life. You know, and then we go through all that stuff. And then Quentin calls me and I'm, I'm fully like, hi, you know?
3: And he's
4: like, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. I was like, I'm sad. I was so embarrassed because I just was like cussing you out. He's like, dude, I totally thought that was just who you were. I was like, I just not know. I'm a theater kid. I don't know. <laughs> he was like, you convinced me that's who you were. And she doesn't even give a fuck. I was like, I really did give all the fucks. And I... <laughs>
2: I had plenty of Fox Tarantino. That's <laughs> so, so funny. Um,
4: but then he was very sweet. Then he sent me to stunt school to learn how to drive, to stunt drive. And He sent me with Zoe. So Zoe was like there for camaraderie. But really, I found out she was there to spy on me and uh, to okay. see if I was actually good at driving. Turns out I was really good at driving. Um, and we just became so close, uh, me, Rosario, and Zoe, because we were like the core yeah. Yeah. yeah not a lot we watched quentin tarantino movies we just got to know each other as real friends so by the time we got to the movie we actually were really good friends and to this day we're still very good friends i love
2: that but
4: That's, that movie was just it was just crazy the you know working yeah. on a tarantino movie is a thrill ride
2: i bet well yeah. plus you guys really did you guys really did those stunts right like that uh the uh the ship's mast scene is, is real um,
4: a lot of them once we got into the chase stuff and the whatever mm-hmm. I had, a, had an incredible uh stunt driver um her name was tracy dashnaw and uh she is the wife of jeff dashnaw who was our stunt coordinator in the movie oh, uh, oh, okay it just, just had a shorthand you know what i mean and i wasn't
3: yeah.
4: i'm like no i don't want to be responsible for people's lives and there were moments when i was like um i probably shouldn't be this car i don't want to kill kurt russell or Rosario. <laughs> Or Zoe Bell, you know, and things happened that were, they just happened. Like those, that cow moment just happened to happen. Okay. You know, there was a moment I had to stop the car because I couldn't see. And, you know, they're like, if you can't see, if there's too much dust. Stop. And I stopped. I was like, I can't see. Sorry. And the dust cleared and there was a cow. I'm like, um, there's a cow. in the- <laughs> <laughs> the cow. <laughs> We ended up writing that in because this whole like thing of cows went by.
0: Yeah. That's, so- um. I was yeah. Bad women. Yeah. You. So I'm curious. You know, you have you have uh, as you mentioned, you know Zoe Bell, who's who's a an accomplished and phenomenal stuntwoman um, mm-hmm. and actress. I mean, you're you're also with Rosario and um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So, you know, on top of being in a Tarantino film, what what is it like, kind of having that phenomenal ensemble cast of of just, uh, I mean, amazing women, uh, amazing actresses. Um, While you're doing this you know Crazy Tarantino film
4: Oh it was incredible because we were just all We we rehearsed for a while We had Mm -hmm. a week of rehearsal went down to Austin Rehearsed went back to our lives And then came back to shoot Um, But we just were so Into each other And into the project And into having fun and into like doing something We had never done before Um, Meaning that I was like in a genre That I loved my whole life I love horror and I love action movies you know so Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't see myself represented in those films a lot other than like read yeah. on song back in the day you know right. so um, it was a big deal to me um, so like for example like the scene around the table when we're talking and having breakfast after we pick up Zoe um, that was we had two days to shoot that. And that was supposed to be like, like reservoir dogs. Like we go around the table for a bit and then we go in average. Um, So we did that the first day and we got like halfway through the scene and we left and came back. We had two days in the location, came back. We're in the trailer in the morning, the makeup trailer. And Quentin comes in and goes, he guys, listen, I have an idea and it's crazy. We're like, okay, Quentin Tarantino, what is it? You know? And he's like, I think we can do this entire scene in one take. Just going around the table. I think we can do it. That means everything we did yesterday is thrown out.
0: It's gone, yeah. Which
4: means we only have today to figure this out, to block it, to do the camera blocking, and to shoot it, and to get it. Yeah. Do you think we can do it? And we're like, yeah, we can do it. Which meant the entire day, all four of us sat at that table, and Kurt in the back. We all sat at the table all day long and did not leave. We didn't go back to our trailers. We didn't do anything but go to the bathroom if we had to pee. Then we used the bathroom in the in the tree in Austin. We just all just hunkered together and figured it out. Hell yeah. So if you watch it again, there are moments when we're like, we had to figure out when to lean so he could shoot mm-hmm. through. You know, there's, you know, I had this thing about being the stunt woman. So I was always cracking my back. Right. You know, so there's moments where I would just, I would turn and crack so he could shoot through me to marry and then come back and then go the other way so you can shoot the Zoe. But I had to know that all that choreography. So we had one day to block all that and shoot it and get it right.
2: And you did it. That's and cra-
0: we did and it. that's not and a short scene it. either. No, that's- it's not.
1: <laughs>
4: it's not a short scene. Um, wow. It was a testament to all of us wanting this final product to be yes. great. Right.
2: Yep. passionate professionals just absolutely yeah. killing it, and course, wow. it
4: like, don't have your phone on set so it was no like looking at our phones or whatever mm-hmm. um luckily that was before social media was really a big thing it was like myspace i guess
2: but yeah was
4: facebook and whatever we didn't have our phones we were just there
2: yeah you know? in in that moment
4: in that moment um and it forged relationships that are so strong to this day i love that
0: yeah. that's so yeah cool. that's amazing that's that's Crazy to think about that you guys did did all of the yeah. all of the <laughs> well, single shots yeah. and coverage.
4: We, we camera blocked it and shot it all in one day.
2: That makes me want to watch it a third time really quick.
4: <laughs> 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 Just watch that to... scene.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I the
4: I... new appreciation for that scene if you realize, oh, they're not cutting. Yeah. 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 You know, because we yeah. doesn't to do it for a while, then start cutting in.
0: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm curious. Did you? Were you aware? I guess I mean you knew the script, so you know, were you aware of how the film was going to end kind of stylistically? Because it has a very unique ending. You know how it it I mean, you know, I guess spoiler alert for a movie that came out years ago, but <laughs> I don't, uh,
4: don't know how it ends, but
0: it you know, it basically just it hard cuts and then it comes back to Rosario and then it cuts back to the credits. Like oh. I you know, were you aware of that no. when you were filming? No? no? Okay. <laughs>
4: I had no idea Rosario could do that. Okay. Rosario, like, offered it up as a special skill.
0: She's
3: Got like, you.
4: I can do this, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. Is that going to be the kill shot or not? Right. But then we have the discussion like, well, should that be, should, should Abernathy get the kill shot? Or should Zoe, who he tortured on the hood of right. the car, get the he Yeah.
3: Was,
4: he was trying to kill Zoe. Right. So, so but this this knife this yeah pick is so good how do we yes. how do we have them both
2: it um it felt good to me it yeah. felt good to me to
4: figure out the anatomy of it and what makes sense story-wise who who should get that kill shot it should be zoe
2: yeah yeah right? that's
4: get the next stamp. he she should get that yeah um that's why at the end he's just there, they're like, Yeah, yeah, your turn, okay, go do that shit, do that shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: It's, it's so good. It's so ev- everyone just got to cut loose. Like, how fun was it to kind of to play this character that you absolutely nailed? Uh, that just kind of, I mean, you're always, you're always pretty like energetic and everything, but you you completely unwind as the movie goes and and just getting to torture Kurt Russell for you know a while. Like, how how was that? <laughs>
4: Well, it was really fun because like in the script, the dialogue in the script until let's go get this motherfucker Mm
3: -hmm. is
4: very, it's, it's like to the punctuation. You cannot, if you want to change a word and and generally you don't want to change a word because Quentin's words are so good. But if you feel like i want to say this word instead of this word, you had to like go to him and be like, Hey, Can I use this word instead of this word? And generally Mm. speaking, if you get, we're all in sync. If I get to a point where I want to change a word, I knew I needed to change it and he would trust me. Mm. Whoever was like, I need to change this one word, but there was no, like, I wouldn't say any of this. Like this is not. It's just small things. Yeah. The little things. Can I say him instead of her? Can I say them instead of we, you know, little things like that, because his dialogue is so specific. Um, and like there was a there was a rant I had in the the tree that had too much punctuation in it that was breaking up the phrase.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: and in my audition, me and my friend at the time, we were working on it. Um, she was like, I don't think all these periods and comedy are supposed to be in there. I'm like, I don't either, but I'm afraid to like take him out because I know he's Yeah. You know, but I feel like I need to take him out. And in my uh, callback that I was telling about, but I lost my mind. And blanked out and became a different person, you know. I did it and just did it without the punctuation in it. And then he said, "You know what? I've been meaning to take those fucking periods. You <laughs> just fucking like, they weren't supposed to be in there, Quentin." <laughs> yeah. um, but even that, I was afraid to even take the punctuation out because right. his writing is so specific. His writing yeah. is music, you know. It's like. Mm-hmm. You sing his his dialogue, um, and you trust him because if you just say if you if you just if you just give yourself over to the dialogue, it takes you exactly where you're supposed to go.
3: Yeah.
4: But once we get into like, yeah, let's kill this motherfucker and we go after him in the in the script, there's really no more dialogue. Really, it's all mm-hmm. directions. Yeah, and he's like, well, so this is when I because we did all the dialogue stuff first. He just trusted us to f- fill it with. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was no ad-libbing before even the ship's mass. Once we like do the ship's mass stuff, you know, all the stuff like, it's my cute shit, whatever, whatever. What,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I nice to be nice, Kim, all that stuff. You know, once we're off, um, it was kind of like he trusted that we knew our characters well enough by then. Okay. And once we got in the chase stuff, we had a little box in the car. Yeah. Uh, and he was in the camera car. So if he had ideas of lines, he would just yell them with the speaker in the car. Okay. Um, and we 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 got to the point where we were in such sync that I we all knew, based on how he said the line, who it was for. In the beginning, gotcha. him say this, Abernathy, this, Zoe, this, but after a while it's like if he said it in like a weird Kiwi accent, it was for Zoe. If he said it like a regular <laughs> and if it was like weird, like blaxploitation exploitation speech, it was for me. <laughs> and we just knew, you know, but but then he was kind of give us a suggestion and we would just roll with it. So a lot of that at the end was just us being viscerally in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I even I watch it now, I remember like, oh I remember the day I said that bullshit. It was like kind of like <laughs> I, I don't know what just came out of my mouth. <laughs> you know, never But it was a very, it was very visceral. Yeah. Um, so um, but it made us all bond as, as, as actors together. And we were, we felt very connected to him and his car and he trusting us with telling the story based on the way we needed to tell it, you know, um, and it was really just really thr- it was just so thrilling to have that kind of freedom because we knew what story we were telling. We we're very clear on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, but I remember there were things he would say, like one, like one of the, my favorite lines of the movie is I'm the horniest motherfucker on the road, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So in the box, in the car, we heard like, I'm the motherfucker on the road. Right? <laughs> We're driving, driving. I'm like, what did he say? What did he say? Okay, what did he say? You know, and so it's like, did he just say I'm the horniest motherfucker on the road? I'm like, I'm
3: the horniest
4: motherfucker <laughs> Oh, that's right. And then we cut, he was like, did you just say i'm the horniest motherfucker on the road and i'm like that's not what you said he said no i said i'm gonna run this motherfucker off the road i'm like oh he said but the line is now (laughs) yes i'm the horniest motherfucker
0: that feels like such a quentin tarantino line too when i heard it
4: (laughs) right so the next take after that is when i was saying like I'm gonna bust a nut up in this. Yes, place. yes. that's you know,
2: my favorite line. <laughs> that
4: was me. I made that up. I'm to bust yes. a nut up in this motherfucker, right? <laughs> so dad, I'm punching the wall or whatever. And he was like, yeah. and God, I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't know who just happened to me.
2: Kim, Kim uh, is what happened to you. Yeah.
4: <laughs> like, yeah, that's in the movie.
2: Oh, <laughs> it's so right good. Out,
4: but he wrote, tapping on the ass, oh, you know, oh, you're wiggling at me, go, wiggling at me, oh, motherfucker, boo, y'all, bitch. Oh, the, I mean, the, I look at it now and I just I just laugh at myself because, it's like, I was on 25.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like you
4: would have thought I had 15 Red Bulls every time, um, which I did. And it was just coffee, regular coffee. Right. It was mm-hmm. something about that car and these steaks and having Kurt Russell, t- you know, chasing Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell right. a gem of a human. Mm-hmm. you know he's just and it's so funny because while we're shooting it kurt would pull up beside us and say the most fucked up things and uh, none of them were in the movie oh. he was taunted he was he would just taunt us all the time and half the time they were really funny they were really funny and we're like
3: mm-hmm. don't laugh don't
4: fucking laugh he <laughs> was just he would say the craziest stuff um but none of them were in the movie he's kind of like he's kind of like quiet ish once once he's stalking us
3: right
4: he wasn't shooting it, but he was but you know Quint. i mean uh, kurt is such a gem and such a a, a veteran that he knows how to get under our skin he knows how mm-hmm. to push us to where we need to go as a scene yeah. partner um and it was just so it was good. just the like, the time of my life really it really was <sighs>
0: It's amazing. It's so, everything wow. that you're you're saying just reflects so much in that, especially that those end, you know, twenty minutes or so. Like it's yeah, it is so yeah. visceral. Is like the perfect word for it. It's
4: yeah, and wonderful. It was Funny when we finally we read the thing and then they kick his ass. The end, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I remember Quentin came into it, and the trailer was like, okay, so I figured out the end, and he had a song he wanted to use for the end, which he actually didn't end up using, but he played the song in the trailer, and he literally acted out the fight at the end. He literally. <laughs> The trailer and just was like punching the air and like, you know, we're like, uh-huh. And it makes, <laughs> we're like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, yep. And that part happens, yep, mm-hmm, got it. they like it great.
3: <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Ah,
4: ah, and, he's like, blah, blah. and he's such a, be- he loves movie making so much that yes. he makes it's infectious and he makes you want to make the best movie ever because m- movies are like serious business with him. Yeah. It's fun, but they're serious business. um it's amazing so, yeah it's just I, I i think about all those all those times with such delight like i squeal with delight when i think about it because it's so yeah ridiculous fun yes it oh,
0: seems man. like it i i wouldn't expect anything else from from you know yeah. that film so that's yeah. wonderful to hear um well tracy we have loved talking to you uh this conversation has been amazing and and talking about just just the last five minutes of you talking about your swearing and death proof has been uh yeah. fantastic <laughs> I'm
4: on about it i'm like well it's gonna take over the whole conversation <laughs> no it's
0: it's so I good can
4: ask, like, three questions this whole time
0: <laughs> no it's, it's it's perfect and this is yes. exactly what we wanted to talk about anyways 100%. Um, so i know i mentioned this before but so to wrap up our episodes we always ask our guests for what we call mostly horror recommendations so i know that you you know you're talking about a lot of a lot of like J horror that you've been watching. Um, I'm I'm curious, you know, if you have a horror recommendation and then maybe a non horror recommendation for our listeners to uh to check out.
4: Uh yeah. Hold on. There's a movie we just watched. It's on. Totally. Show. Um, I'm trying to find right on my TV. You're
2: good. You're. Good.
4: Um. Mm, mm. But I can't. It's one of those movies. It's so visceral, but I can't remember the name of it because it, the name was like. A dark song,
0: a dark song. It's uh, funny because just talking about that, Meredith Graves, who we had on two episodes ago, also recommended that film. Uh, She's a big, she's into the occult, and and that Mm -hmm. is, uh, yeah.
4: yeah. I generally don't like occult movies. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I don't not like them, but they're I don't not like them. You know what I mean? But like, Midsummer is so,
3: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah,
4: disturbing, but the people are disturbing, like the people yes. who believe in cults and things like that. I mean, It's a very human thing to be afraid of, of course, but it just does not it's not my favorite brand of horror. However, a dark yeah. song like, like uh, His House has imagery in it that's like, I've never seen anything that looks like that before. And I imagine that looks just like that.
0: Yeah, interesting. Wow.
4: You know, no, like they're showing things that are very common Mm-hmm. In our visual lexicon of how you depict I, mean, I don't want to give anything away.
3: yeah
4: but like for example, if someone had a dragon, for example, you're like, oh, I know what a dragon looks like.
3: Mm-hmm. If
4: they tell you a dragon looks like a whole different idea of a dragon. you're like, uh, oh, yeah. actually, that's probably what a dragon looks like for real
3: And yeah.
4: a dark center, a very slow burn movie. That movie really it was really impressionable on me um uh, recently. And also his house was pretty
3: mm-hmm.
4: scary. And I wasn't prepared to like his house. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it was pretty that was pretty good and creepy, you know? It was good and creepy. So I would recommend those two movies right now. Cause they're oh, yeah, yeah they're
0: absolutely. absolutely. That's, so that's it's great to yeah. hear that because those are this is the first time that we've had. Uh, a double recommendation so that means people definitely need to listen to those because yep. a dark a dark uh song has been recommended by meredith graves and then nikki lindroth von bar who did the house on netflix uh recommended his house so that's phenomenal
4: fantastic
0: hell yeah fantastic
4: movie movies, <laughs> the movie i'm watching tonight and revisiting um happy birthday to me your classic okay. horror yeah, um, Happy Birthday was good and creepy. I still love that movie as a kid, and I'm rewatching it tonight again because it's. I rewatched a prom night last night. Nice,
2: nice. wow! The, yeah, yeah the original, original prom night.
4: Prom night was a yeah. movie from last night. Prom night is like you think you know the movie, and then you watch it again. And you're like, oh, this movie is not. You know, you think just somebody's killing people at the prom, I guess, but
3: mm-hmm.
4: it's, yeah, it's a, it's a different movie. Prom night is interesting because like nobody dies for a whole hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> it's like a whodunit, Done It, but it's like it wasn't a Who Done It, like more of like who's going to do it
0: right yeah exactly
4: (laughs) do it um but a non-horror movie hmm
0: you're like what is (laughs) non-horror i don't watch those (laughs) (laughs) non-horror (laughs) movies
4: honestly right now we watch so much uh television like there's so much prestige television Mm -hmm. Uh, you
0: can name a show i was gonna say even if it's a show that you've you've been digging.
4: I recently watched um the girl before on on hbo max
2: okay i've heard of that one
4: with uh david oyelowo and google and batha raw it is kind of creepy it doesn't doesn't end up the way you think it's going to end up but it's a good like creepy house okay house story you know i mean of course i was i love the mike mike flanagan shows i love the the yes hill and bly manor yep and recently we re- re- watched midnight mass which was like really creepy
2: yes yeah so- <laughs> we we were very lucky to have uh rao coley and michael truco come hang out and talk yeah. talk to us
0: about that show um yeah, so yeah been, i'll have to check out the girl before yeah
4: before it's, I've it's, never it's like heard of that. it's it's a, it's british creepy okay which is different but um but yeah i recently watched that so i'll just give my recent recommendations
0: and okay hell yeah no that's perfect well, yep. listen, Tracy. We have loved talking to you. Thank you for being on the podcast. And
4: thanks for having me. I, absolutely, I love to all day, every day.
0: It's weird. Totally. Oh, and then, <laughs> I just before we let you go, is there anything new that's coming out, or anything that you know people should look out for?
4: Um, okay, I'm on. Uh, right, currently I'm on season five of 911 and season five of Station 19. I'm um, okay. coming back with um, uh, season three of. Truth Be Told on Apple+. Plus, uh, we we'll start shooting that soon. Um, I'm in a two short films that are making their rounds in the festivals. Uh, one is called Elevate. Uh, that premieres uh, this weekend, actually, the Santa Barbara Film Festival. And right. the other one is called Hashtag BTSD, which stands for Black Traumatic Stress Disorder. And that, you know, if you follow me on the socials, I'll tell you where you get,
2: can find those. But... Uh, Absolutely. Perfect. We'll oh, yeah. be sure to drop those links
0: and I was gonna say follow Tracy on the yeah. socials if you're not already.
4: Oh, yeah, oh and also do a movie the summer called um Jerry and Marge Go Large with Brian Cranston and Annette Benning. So that's
0: fun. Interesting. Hell yeah. That sounds great. Awesome, Tracy. Well thank you so much for being on the podcast and hopefully thank we can for talk to you having soon. Me. It's Absolutely. been a blast.
3: Okay.
4: Bye, you too. Yep. bye. Bye-bye.
2: Hey, Prime members! You can listen to Mostly Horror early and ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or
0: you can listen early and ad free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com/survey.
1: The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing.